Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. BC here with another special guest for another episode of Supreme Being. As always, this podcast is sponsored by my real estate team, Team BC. If you need anything real estate worldwide, especially here in Southern California, the greater Los Angeles and Orange County area, we can take care of you. We'll be happily uh, to take your referrals as well from any other agents worldwide. You can go to teambcsold.com or shoot us a message on our team Instagram at teambcsold. Uh, number two, if you're an agent out there and you're looking to partner with me and be a part of Team BC, uh, go to partnerwithteambc.com and set up a call with me and we can discuss that opportunity. And lastly, Modern Success sponsors this, my coaching program. We have an event coming up this weekend in Vegas. I'm excited. We have some cool speakers, a dope venue, and that's going to be exciting. If you want to check that out, go to the link in my bio on Instagram or briancasella.com. So we have another special guest today, someone who's familiar with the Team BC family. He has a permanent residence over at Sparta, aka Team BC's land. Uh, so obviously, we'll, we'll welcome Yogi Chris. What's up, brother? Good to see you. You're looking like you're in good spirits, looking strong, looking powerful. It's definitely been a strong and powerful week. And right now I'm traveling, commuting from North Carolina to Texas. And so you're just catching me in my Airbnb here in Alabama. And a lot has been changing internally. And I'm very excited to be here and talk about it, reconnect with you. You know, there's few men of such high language and high um, perception and acuity, very sharp, that I feel... Um, excited to converse with you know so i'm happy to be here hell yeah i'm excited too dude so real quick i know obviously the majority of my audience knows you already and are familiar with you from our past interviews but for the people who aren't familiar with you give them a quick recap on yogi chris and the ninth limb sure yeah well i found yoga i was a wrestler at the university of oklahoma for four years and then i got into drugs pretty heavily but then i found you know while i was completing a master's degree i found yoga and then I decided to complete a PhD in engineering at University of Florida, where I really took off my yoga career, started teaching, sold everything, went to India after my PhD, came back. Uh, with the help of Brian Cassell, I learned cold calling. And since then, I've called 1,500 yoga studios around the United States and Canada and some other places too, but mostly within the United States. And I've traveled you know, to many cities over the last three years and been a wanderer. And the next stage of my yoga career, you know, I teach online, online yoga podcasts and things like that. But a lot of in-person yoga, I specialize in different, um, how to communicate with the body and awaken muscles and uh, the vascular system through internal dialogue. That's kind of my brand is the ninth limb, uh, communication internal and out. And, uh, and then I'm very excited for this next stage. I think I'll be moving and living in California. I haven't lived in a single location for more than one or two months in the last three years. So I'll live there for about 12 months and focus on West Coast tour and some of my online stuff, my YouTube, my yoga YouTube. And uh, that's kind of the basic about me, I think. Awesome, brother. You know, uh, from our past interviews and discussions we've had, uh, obviously a lot of people, you've been a guest on Modern Success, I think once or twice now as a guest uh, lecturer. And one question I get, because you obviously got a PhD, and I think a lot of people might have missed that. I mean, this man has a PhD, right? In the regular people university, like we call it. One question I've gotten, brother, that I want to ask you so you can uh, discuss it a little bit is like, whoa, Chris got a PhD, yet so quickly and with so much certainty, he's like, I'm going to pursue yoga and take the ninth limb and build my brand. Mm -hmm. Can you walk them through that decision? Because for a lot of people, a yeah. decision of that magnitude would take years to decide versus with you, it sure. seemed relatively quick. Well, I think it did. It took maybe about 18 months because the latter part of my PhD, I was really debating and why I went ahead and finished my PhD. Although there were many, there, mm, there's several people in the yoga community I had met that were on the graduate 
path of like academia and they left it to become a, a yogi and i would hear it in their stories like um they were rationalizing why they didn't follow through with the degree kind of thing like the and I had not completed certain things in my life. I was a boy scout and I took it seriously. We were part of a very serious good, you know, my dad was an army ranger. So we took boy scouts very seriously and uh, I didn't finish. I got into wrestling before I finished and there is a finishing to boy scouts. It's called an Eagle scout. You know, people like Bill Gates are an Eagle scout and Bill Gates used his Eagle scout as like clout when he was coming up with Microsoft. And because it's, it is, it is a prestigious thing for a young man. And same thing with wrestling. Like I've, I had four, five years of eligibility. I quit after four years of wrestling because of internal struggles and whatever. And so I didn't want my PhD to be that story. So I found a teacher. I'd come across my current mentor still is a Rosh Zapardi Bazaar. And I told him the story. Of, um, I was starting to have spiritual experiences doing yoga, meaning what that means is like, you know, experiences in my own psychology, my memory, deep memories, even in some cases, memories from before I was born that I confirmed with other people. And I, I started having these experiences that were really ripping me out of the academic like matrix. Like it's very difficult to go back to my computer and work engineering stuff, knowing that there's these other things that are available right, right now. I'm, you know, I can't unsee some of the things that I'd seen. So I was debating. I told Rosh, he gives me a frame on it perspective. I decide I'm going to finish. I drag it out. It takes me about 15 months or 18 months. And um, at that point I'd already gotten palm tattoos and I'd already, um, you know, done some things, uh, into my social media that really kind of, you could almost call it like outcasted me from, uh, very, uh, conservative communities or very, um, a professional community sort of, so to speak. It was my passive aggressive way of basically saying, you know, fuck you. I don't want to do the corporate thing. I don't want to, I don't want to be like you. Like, I love your information. I love your science, but I don't want to be like you. And, uh, so when I finally graduated the PhD, I mean, my parents already knew my family, my friends, they, they knew I was going to be full-time yogi. And so the transition was just, um, really the hard part was the detachment from like my bed and my, my, all of my possessions, like selling all this stuff. I, I mean, I basically lived out of my car for years, like clean and everything. Right. I mean, I live in Airbnbs, but like, you know, I had all my possessions with me yeah. and, uh, that, that's been a very, um, uh, centering experience. Like I've had to let go of things that I, um, that aren't me. Right. So I, I hope that gives some viewers some insight. That's cool, man. And I mean, we could talk about that probably for like two hours, right. And really dissect that story. Obviously we share a mentor and coach in common, Arash. So where does, obviously you saw the importance of social dynamics. How does it fit into this in the grand scheme of your life and what you want to create? Oh man, so heavily, especially being in yoga as a female dominated industry, both in the instructors, most instructors are females, uh, at least here in the West, at the top of the lineage of all of these lineages is a man. There's very, there's like one woman that you would name that like, if you go up the lineage of different t teacher, student, teacher, student of yoga, that you'll find a woman. And, but you're, it's hard to find those top tier people. So it's basically all women, all the practitioners are women. I'm around women all the time. And social dynamics and understanding the, the differences between men and women, because a lot of the yoga community, and I'll say it on my Instagram, I'm live on Instagram now, I have yoga practitioners following me. It's mostly um, feminist fitness is a lot of the yoga community. And 
so they'll tell you men and women are equal, but the, the fact is that women are not reacting to the same things men are reacting to. And we can try to verbally convince each other that we're equal, but you're just your, your physical body and your mental behavior is not behaving equally. And so it was very confusing. And I saw a lot of suffering among male teachers uh, in the yoga community. And I saw a weakness in them and blah, blah, blah. And I'd come across a Rosh and there was, and, and Vince at that time, and there was um, just a kind of control or a command of the pre around the presence of a lot of females that were looking up to you as a teacher that I saw the skill set was there. And as I started to dive into that technology of how to interact with women in a way that creates positive effects and still maintains your sense of uh, strength and power as a man, like a masculinity, then uh, it was just a matter of calibrating, like, you know, being able to distinguish the professional environment from a purely social environment, but things blend and um, it, the desire to really have a long standing yoga business that I'm neither labeled as the creepy yoga guy that goes after girls, but also not the kind of, um, I, I don't have a label for it, but like the very soft and sensitive and unprotective guy. I would not feel safe uh, around that guy. Like there's not a dangerous bone in his body. He wouldn't hurt a fly. And it's very difficult for beautiful women to feel safe around, maybe hideous women because nobody wants them, but beautiful women, it's very difficult to feel safe around a man that doesn't know how to be protective. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted the best of both worlds at the same time, like teaching immaculate yoga. So it just seemed like seamless. If I'm going to be around women, I need to understand this male female dynamic thing. And I need to get my sexual needs taken care of outside of the yoga studio. I don't want to be picking up yoga students. So that takes a social savvy that just atrophies the longer you get away from, let's say, college. College, you get a social experience. Outside of college, like if you're not actively going out, that skill set just goes away. And so th those were my motives. And I really see it just uh, as the years go by, just weaving together seamlessly where it will become one kind of yoga for me. I don't, I don't know what it's going to become, but th there's that. Awesome, man. Yeah, because I saw that connection with sales and it helped me tremendously going door to door, meeting with people because at the end of the day, it's human to human interaction. And that's really what it centers itself around. Has it helped you in your sales as far as the calls that you make and then meeting people and obviously your proposals and what you offer and demonstrating higher value and all those things? Yeah, the social dynamics, has that helped my sales? Yeah. Well, tremendously because, um, you know, seduction is sales. It's just the woman is selling her, herself and you're selling her on your life. And it's a purely voluntary exchange and it's difficult to, you're not leveraging some product outside of just you or I. It's a very difficult sale to sell a woman on your life. And so there's a level of dynamism and creativity that comes out that's very refreshing to my sales, my cold calls or, you know, when I'm being, um, sometimes I get maybe stuck in a pattern communicating with the client or a prospect and I won't, I'll be stumped, you could say. And if I think of it more as like a conflict resolution with a woman that I, I like, that I want her to stay in my life, uh, I can sometimes just get a little bit more creative, get a little more empathetic. Almost, almost, I, this sounds weird, but almost just treat the client like she, it was a woman that I was interested in. I'd be more sensitive like that. And also, I would definitely say having my needs taken care of in the social dynamics field makes me able to be more present and more patient with clients, right? If I'm sexually frustrated, it's difficult to be patient with clients. If I have my sexual needs taken care of, you can imagine that I'm more uh, carefree and uh, positive, you know, around prospects. Yeah. You know, and one thing I get from this is it's very uh, intellectual 
right? It's an intelligence type of thing. And, and people miss that because typically when you uh, discuss this topic of male, female, or pickup or social dynamics, however you want to say it, there's like this branding of sleaziness. So yeah. I like discussing this with you because just like myself, we're the right representatives for this science. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? A yeah. new age, the proper man, masculine energy behind it. And then the right vessel we can say, because yeah. we don't have those elements of creepiness and, and weirdness that you see labeled from society. So do you feel that we're going to see maybe this information become a little bit more mainstream or do you still think it's always going to be an underground thing that only a few people like ourselves and our clique are really going to take, you know, to the highest levels? Well, um, I think it's possible to have a kind of red queen effect mm -hmm. where, uh, the mating strategies of men, uh, could flip. They could change from where they were. And we're already kind of seeing that with, you know, the men go their own way movement and looking, you know, upon marriage as a kind of like contractual slavery with the government kind of thing. Like, and so there's a movement away from that, but there's also a lot of people in the world, a lot of people like in China and India that are still in more fundamental beliefs. Like that's a huge, it's like 50% of the world, just at least, um, you know, the, I think it'll always be a minority of men and it's like an 80, 20 rule. I mean, in societies where you have polygamous men that get with lots of women, you have a lot of men that are mateless and um, you know how that plays out in a modern society. That's a very interesting conversation. I think you're right. I agree. We are good representatives. I think uh, I'm in the process and I'll be honest and, and real about it, that I'm in the process of eradicating deeper and deeper levels of, uh, creepiness from me, you could say, like I was that guy and I'm evolving and I put myself in more challenging situations with women, with money, with my own, own yoga poses as an analogy, put myself in more challenging positions to eradicate any discomfort and, you know, creepiness from that situation. Um, so because I think we're so willing to communicate about it and even like that vulnerability I just communicated about, I'm still improving, I think is what makes us really great representatives for this. And the men who follow us are going to be very pleased they did so because uh, I, you know, part of my side business also of doing yoga is I work a lot with Arash Bazar's clients and I've spoken with hundreds of his clients. And in that, I get a lot of perspective on who else they're studying, who are the other dating gurus around and even spiritual gurus. There are quote spiritual dating gurus. Like, uh, so they have blended like spirituality and like dating and whatever. Oh, of course people are doing this thing. And so I get these perspectives and I look up these people and there's just, um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say misinformation, but those gurus are creepy. <laughs> they creep me out. I don't know how else to say it. Like you would be right to be in this lineage with Brian, with myself, with the Rosh D. Bazaar, the IMC method. Uh, it's very vetted. It's very tested. There's a lot of information and content out there to, you can verify and how it applies to your spirituality, I'd say I have dozens and dozens of video testimonies from yogis, and they're historically shy to get on camera, of course, very shy. And so many of those testimonies have to do with the way I talked, some mental processes I taught, gratitude practice, and other things that have shifted people's emotions. A lot of the techniques come from Social Dynamics and Arashti Bazaar and Vince Kelvin. And... Uh, people in the yoga studios would probably be shocked to know the origin of those things that helped them so much. Um, 
because of the taboo, I think, nature uh, that shrouds mm-hmm. uh, pickup. So we're the messengers of this. And I look forward to it. I always liked being the dark horse that like kind of, you know, came out on top and became the champion and nobody suspected him, but that's because they all doubted him. And I don't know, that's uh, the story I played out throughout my life. So maybe again. You know, I think a lot of us share that story too, because I mean, everywhere I look coming up, no matter what it was, whether it was athletics or something I wanted to pursue in my personal life, it was the same thing. I was doubted and criticized and told like I could never do it. Same thing with my basketball career. Um, communication, you brought it up. We yeah. emphasize a lot of focus on that and improvement on that. Mm-hmm. Yet the outside world doesn't, or they study something else and claim it's communication. Right. I truly believe, and I'm going to pass this question to you, that's been the number one we can say a tool that I've been able to really harness to use to attract success and, you know, wealth and relationships, but also with myself as far as self um, improvement, right. Uh, Cleansing and those kind of things. Can you talk a little bit about how that process has evolved with you through, you know, studying with the Rosh and as a, as a human being. Yeah. Let me just try to keep it to just a little bit. Um, let it flow. Cleansing is such a cool word that you just used. You know, communication clean cleans out your mind if done right. And it's a external it's an externalization of your mind is your communication. And there's just so wow, such a rich subject. Um I remember studying communication before I got into the IMC method, just some different ideas like self-help books and whatever, and they'd feed you different sentences or di- different different ways of talking. And it was always so useful. I loved it, but there was, you know, it, it should be said that Arash and how he talks about communication, a lot of it comes from L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. And uh, it's very, as a PhD in engineering and someone uh, personally, I was very interested in the ideas of information theory. So how do you get more information across with less words or less energy? And you would measure that in terms of efficiency. More information for less energy is a more efficient communication. L. Ron Hubbard is very efficient in his communication. He's very exact. And um, he, he gives principles for how to think about the mind, how to think about communication, how to visualize it, how it relates with energy. Um, and anybody that studies yoga would find easy corollaries or, or parallels between like how he talks about energy and auras and samskaras and some of these uh, karma and uh, these other concepts of, of yoga. And so when I got that framework of like how to think about the mind and how to think about communication, the, the flavor of, you know, improving one's communication took on such a deeper magnitude than just reading a self-help book and getting some new lines on how to say something. You had like a, um, almost like a, you learn the rules of communication like you learn the rules of basketball instead of just learning a new dribble or instead of just learning a new shot or a new step. You learn the rules of the game and you got to learn the rules of communication. They obey laws of physics, just like gravity and, um, you know, speed of light. And, and then it all just kind of makes more sense. So I think, um, looking, I gave some sources there. I mean, if a Rashti Bazaar is not up your alley for whatever reasons of dating or whatever, maybe you're a woman, you don't want to study a Rashti Bazaar. You know, L. Ron Hubbard is a great source for, you know, no book is, uh, there's stipulation, you know, fear around like Scientology or whatever. The book is not going to hypnotize. You can't hypnotize yourself from a book. Just, you know, try the information and see for yourself. And, and then just don't listen to a Scientologist when they try to debate you because they'll convince you. So, <laughs> uh, so cleansing. Yeah. 
you know, good communication should be cleansing. And um, man, it's a, it's a deep journey that sales, dating, uh, and a, a good spiritual practice, um, you know, how we communicate is one of the clearest indicators of our karma. And uh, I, I love it. I love the subject of communication. This is what I teach in my program online. A, a lot of yoga breathing, yoga meditation, how to get aware of, you know, internally, what are you feeling as you're communicating and how to, how to basically hack the matrix by changing your feelings so you change how you communicate. Dope. And, and this is a good transition. Can you speak a little bit more about your program and kind of what yep. you offer and what you focus on? Yeah, there's a few main focuses. Like I said, breathing, meditation, different mindsets. I have a very organized, it's all on like Google Drive. And I have a lot of very private videos that have deep techniques and technology of how the mind works, how the brain works, um, how to breathe in ways that manipulate your nervous system. And then a lot of mindset lectures that go into techniques and visualizations and other things, alchemy, fun, chakras, different things. You know, we, we have a good time in the group. But it's, it's the mindset of yoga because yoga postures are a dime a dozen. I offer those. I offer therapy and stuff in my private program. My YouTube has some yoga flows. You can learn yoga flow anywhere. The mindset of yoga, I've taught in over 100 yoga studios. I've been in a lot of yoga studios. I've met a lot of very um, prominent yogis. And the mindset of communication and the mindset of yoga, well, let's just say, if your yoga is not making you better at communicating with the people in your life, then what are you doing? You're just, you know, you're just indulging in yourself, but it's ruining your relationships. Your yoga should better prepare you for your sales job. It should better prepare you for your communication with loved ones. And that's what I'm all about. And that's what I do. So that's go over to ninthlimb.com. It's with the number nine, ninthlimb.com. And you'll see all about me. Yeah, man. And one thing I can say about Chris is he's actually the, the tribe scribe, right? If you know Thoth, the Egyptian god, I have his tattoo. Like this is the guy, extremely meticulous, extremely thorough. You know, if I miss a lecture, I'm almost not even bummed out because I'm like, I'm going to get the notes from Chris. I know they're going to be so good. It's going to be as if I was actually there, oh, which is cool, which is cool, which I think is an ability that uh, very few people have on this planet. So I applaud you for that, sir. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being here, Chris. Obviously, I think on episode two, which of course we're going to do. Maybe we can oh. dive a little bit more into communication and maybe discuss yes. that subject for about 30 minutes or an hour. Oh yeah. That yeah. sounds fun. Is there any closing uh, comments or statements you want to make? Anything you want to plug? Well, um, I want to make sure that everybody knows because lately I've been referring a lot of people to you, Brian, and everyone should really know that Brian is the real deal. This is, this guy is, is really a Spartan. You don't, you, you might think it's a joke, but it's not. This is a real Spartan alive today in a modern context that is just conquering this landscape. And if you're following him and studying his material, this is the right place to be. You're in the right place. And you can keep looking around, of course, get the content, you know, be able to contrast it because in time you'll see the truth for yourself that you're following the right man here. And I'm very proud to call this man my friend and we're going to the top and you're welcome to follow along with us. Um, but, you know, loyalty is a thing in this game. And I just want to, I just wanted to say that. So thanks for having me, Brian. Oh yeah, brother. Also, uh, I wanted to plug in uh, the event for the end of the month. Um, I know uh, that Arash is hosting. Are oh, you yeah. main point of contact? Can you discuss that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And there may be another one. Arash is doing a pickup boot camp. Or it's centered around dating and relationships and very transformative. If you know anything about Arash, the way he talks, it'll change you inside and you'll be changed. And that's really what we're all looking for. You can find a bunch of skills and make a library of skills, but 
we want to change inside so that the skills uh, we can use them better and so he's doing a boot camp at the end of this month it's only a week or so away what is today monday it's actually less than it's only like five days away so if you catch this by then definitely reach out to me instagram yoga bliss chris um all one word and but there may also be one next month uh depends i never know with the rosh you know we, we do plan these about five six weeks ahead of time and but in any case uh you can back purchase recordings if you have interest, just send me a message. I'll talk with you about it and see if it's right for you. Yoga Bliss Chris on Instagram. Cool. I'll put uh, his handle in the description for you guys. Okay. So again, Yogi Chris, what an honor, my friend. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you guys uh, are just catching the end of this, make sure you rewatch this episode as uh, whenever I interview the IMC guys are always my favorite too. So Team BC sponsors this podcast. Team BC sold for all your real estate needs. Um, and you guys can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and every other handle. Okay. So Hit him up, especially if you're interested in this weekend. I've been to every single, except for one or two, unless I've had a speaking conflict uh, of Arash's events. You guys know I have interviews with him. So that's one person outside of Yogi Chris as well that I recommend to all of you. Okay, that's it for this one. Every Monday, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.